It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you? Exhausted, stressed, overwhelmed, and totes excited. Do you know why, Chad? Do you know why? Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? I think this next week might be the most exciting one week in the history of After 9. I know that's a lot because it's only been a year, but it's been a year, and this is episode 48. And next week, next week, some very important and big things are happening. Um, Number one, episode 49 drops, which is the episode that pretty much everybody has been wanting, The Wives of After 9. Yes, the ladies beside the men that talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) are going to share what it's like to be the ladies supporting the men that talk too much and spend way too much time texting each other. It's going to be great. It's going to be Karen. It's going to be Martha. It's going to be good. It's happening. And I know I'm excited for it and that a lot of other people have asked for it and they're finally getting what they want. It's like Christmas for some people next week. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think Karen and Martha are going to have – such a big following after this that it's gonna replace us it's just gonna replace our <laughs> podcast just all our episodes start deleting themselves so that the new ones can roll through that's great uh so that's happening next wednesday we're so excited about episode 49 the wives of after nine sharing talking hanging out together it's going to be great but before next wednesday chad is next monday and next monday is the launch for youth ministry booster uh, which is in many ways now the parent company of After Nine. <laughs> Even though After Nine came first, Youth Ministry is the chicken that hatched the egg uh, that is full of exciting resources for youth ministers. It is a totally different take on getting supplied and resourced as a youth minister. And you can totally go to youthministrybooster.com. That's Y-O-U-T-H, Ministry Booster. Dot com and sign up to be on the ground floor, and you can have the first notice, the first update for when the site launches next Monday, October 10th, so you can get a free series, a totally free package series, and then learn all what Booster is about and how it might radically change your youth ministry and how it definitely has changed ours. And so it's a big week, Chad. It's pretty exciting, and I can't help but think that there are more great things ahead for After 9. So. Yeah. Booster is going to be really awesome. I think for everybody that gets in on that, there's it's just there's so many great resources in it, and and I think it continues to put the youth minister in the driver's seat. That you still get to write your own sermons, um, really kind of determine the direction. But you yeah. have all of the like graphics and games and resources, audio, and all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah. that it just spends. It just like sucks all of our time out during the week, and so you have all of that, and and it's going to free you up to to write better sermons and minister to your students better, and so we're really really excited about that. So it's a game changer for sure. But 
Speaking of the game, Chad, I, I have to I have to start this episode off by sharing a story. So this is episode forty eight of After Nine, where we ask the most honest questions in youth ministry. But before we get to our question, I have got to share a story. You know, you know, I'm a techie kind of guy, and I love my Apple products, and I have far too many of them, and I'm always hungering, hankering for the next one. So the iPhone seven launched. And I, and I got one. And I know everybody's like, why? There's nothing new about it. They literally took things away from you. Why would you go pay money for one? And that's because my 6 was on its last legs because I overused it. But I was standing in line for an iPhone 7, Chad, and I had this epiphany moment. Like It was like this really, really powerful moment at the AT&T store. So Can I'm in there. Ask a question real fast. Yeah. <laughs> when you're standing in line for something like that. Yeah. Or do you talk to the other people around you, or is it like, you know, eyes uh, forward, stay in line? Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I mean, I'm a seven, so I'm pretty open to conversation. Uh, we were there pretty early in the morning, and I wasn't fully awake, so I didn't like go about making conversation. But when I share kind of how things went down, uh, there was definitely some sidebars happening because of how things went down. So the story that I want to share is I guess there was a lady in line that didn't realize that most of us were there to get iPhone sevens. Like that was like a big day. She was just there for general customer maintenance. <laughs> and Maybe so she's, she's just one of those people that she sees a line and she's like, some exciting's happened. I got to get in that. <laughs> if, if, uh, you know, if people are lined up, it must be for something free. So <laughs> she, uh, walks in the store. So we're all like taking a number. Cause like the doors open, you take a number and you like get queued up to get your phone or whatever. And she uh, just blows past the whole, like, buy an iPhone 7 situation and is, like, demanding customer service. And so I'm waiting, sitting on the little AT&T couch, you know, making sure my 6 is totally deleted and ready to go from the new 7. And I can't help but overhear the conversation she's having with this salesperson. Again, salesperson just trying to sell iPhone 7s at the AT&T store. And this woman has uh, this woman of, 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 of a mature age, has declared to the salesperson that she knows this company inside and out, that she used to work for Southwestern Bell, and that she will not, will not upgrade to a smartphone unless they can prove to her beyond a shadow of a doubt that it has the same great coverage as her flip phone in the rural area surrounding Tulsa that she has driven, driven in from. And so like she's like, I won't do it. You have to prove it to me. Prove it to me. And this poor young man, like that's a salesperson that's just supposed to know all the specs on the new iPhone, is trying to walk through with this woman the uh the quality and web of coverage as he has on his little colorful map <laughs> with the asterisk that's like not always guaranteed. Oh. Like he's sincerely trying to help this woman. And this woman's becoming agitated because he cannot prove to her beyond a shadow of a doubt that jumping from a flip phone to a smartphone will guarantee that she has the same great coverage that she's used to. And she knows that if she ever switches to a smartphone, there will be no going back to a flip phone. Right. <laughs> and so it was just a really powerful moment of like, here is someone that was trying to translate for her um, the world and the way in which it had changed and try to give her like not a false confidence, but this like encouraging guarantee that as much as things have changed, um, he's still there for her. <laughs> And so uh, I didn't. I don't know how it resolved. I just know that like he kept walking away to either like vent or talk to his manager in return. And so I don't know if she ended up with a new iPhone Seven or not. It'd be great if she got one because not everybody that day did. And so 
<laughs> that was uh, the story that I wanted to share into this question about how do I relate to parents better? I think we've talked about this in some avenues before, Mr. Higgins, but give us some wisdom today because I feel like a lot of youth ministers would name, maybe out loud or most certainly in private, that this is a missing piece for most ministries, but a lot of people have no place or no sense of where to begin, right? Like maybe you've been the youth pastor at a place for nine months, 18 months, several years, and are at the point where you're like, I need to do more for parent ministry, but have I waited too long? What do I do? How do I start? What does it look like? Am I walking into a situation that I'm not ready for? Will they demand to have smartphones, not flip phones? Like, <laughs> what is the thing that they are facing, struggling with in regards to parent ministry? Like, what 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 do we do? Where do we start as youth ministers wanting to do more and better for parents? Yeah. So let me let me. Let's start the conversation by asking uh, this specific question, because I think it can lead us in. Um, Why are youth ministers frustrated because of this? Does that make sense? Like, what are the different reasons that they're frustrated? So the first one off the top of my head that I think of is they're frustrated because, (laughs) like, if if you've been in youth ministry probably over two months, you've heard this phrase. Um, I, I, j- I didn't, I didn't see it communicated anywhere. Right. right. Even though like <laughs> yeah. you've put it out like 18 different places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there's probably that frustration. You don't feel like you're communicating well with your, your, uh, parents because they're not getting the information. Right. Um, or, or, or sometimes we perceive it as they're not getting the information, but maybe they are getting the information, but they're just choosing other things. Like, sure. They probably knew that you had an event on a Wednesday night, but their kid volleyball is more important. Let's just be honest. Right. And so they're going to be at that. And so, um, and so we get frustrated, I think sometimes in, in those ways, um, maybe we don't feel like we're communicating with our, with, uh, families, uh, as well as we can, because we're we're hearing maybe some feedback or or some grumbling, right, from yeah, yeah. other parents or from uh, leadership in our church or w- whatever that may look like, and so um, they th- we don't feel like we have that level of respect or or anything like that, and so I, I can think that those are, are two probably big reasons why why we we may be asking this question or feeling some of these frustration. Can you think of any others or? Anything like that? Uh, that? I I would maybe say that for at least some of my experience in ministry, it feels like I can't ever find the parents, right? Like I feel like there's always a good percentage of students where I I literally don't know their parents. Like I might have a name on a card. I may have seen them like drive up in the silver car and like pick them up and take them home. But there's just not been a good space um, either on me or on them to like really create dialogue. Or maybe it's the kid that always comes in late and leaves early. And so I'm always, you know, busy with stuff going on. And, you know, maybe they only come to midweek stuff and not Sunday stuff. And, you know, it's the parent that's not involved in any kind of our adult ministry offerings. They just like having their kid dropped off on a Wednesday or a Friday. And so, like, there's just a real disconnect from the life of the church, the body of the church. And so it makes it really hard to connect that way because there's no, like, hey, you can't call your pastor and be like, do you know about such and such? Because their student is really involved in, you know, whatever. And so I think that's part of it, too. I think I think part of it is, like, kind of the, like, the knowing 
where they are and being frustrated or not knowing what's going on and being frustrated. And, and both of those can begin um, to kind of create a, a certain kind of negative spiral for, for youth ministers trying to figure out what, where to start, like where to go next, right? Like you've, you kind of dig yourself into this like, well, they don't care. They don't show up. So why should I do anything? Or, you know, they care more about this than that. So why should I do anything? And so to have that like kind of like I need to do something is I think a really big kind of like gear turn for a lot of youth ministers. Yeah, dude, that's that's good, man. And I think that that's almost that's almost this completely other like I don't know. I, I don't want to call it a set of problems because in a way it's like it, it's almost uh, hear me when I say this. It's almost this good thing, f- I, I guess, from the beginning, because if you have that problem, it means you're probably reaching some students yeah. that aren't plugged into your church, right? That their families aren't plugged into your church. And so you're your outreach arm is connecting to some students that their parents haven't brought them. And so we've got to figure out a process to, Hey, how do we engage these parents? Because anybody that's been in ministry long enough, specifically student ministry or children's ministry understands that the biggest impact that you can make in a student's life is actually connecting with their parents and seeing a life transformation happen in in their, uh, their parents' lives. Because what happens at home is, so much bigger than what you're going to get to do on a Wednesday and a Sunday, right? Like, or, or at if, least so much more frequent. <laughs> yeah, mo- most kids is. are at home way more than they're at church. <laughs> sure. Even pastors' kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's their parents, right? Like, what? How big of an impact is that when when you see a parent go through this, you know, transformation in their life to their student, right? Like, it speaks volumes yeah. when they can see mom and dad. You know what I mean? Christ doing something in their life as well. So um, l- let's hit on all those, Zach, if we can uh, during Absolutely, this episode. Man. And let's kind of break it down and, and talk through like, hey, what are some tips and tricks and, and maybe helping some of these different areas of frustration? So the first one that I mentioned was, um, man, you're frustrated because um, you've got you've got parents that aren't quite like hearing right like right. you're sending out information they're not you're saying not it but on all the wrong channels or at right. least it's missing on all the wrong frequencies right yeah 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 okay so the fir- the first um i guess tip that i would recommend is defining your um funnels of communication i think okay. that that is so important and i think it is something that I, I don't think that the church as a whole does a great job at that um, because I think you have to understand like just on like a marketing um, standpoint, like when you're trying to communicate, it very much looks like that. We have developed into this society to where because of social media and commercials and all those kind of things, information just finds us these days, right? Right, right. I, I shopped on Amazon, and now my Facebook ads remind me of what's in my Amazon cart. Like, absolutely, that's some kind of, that's some kind of creepy voodoo, man. <laughs> right, um, and, and so information finds you like that. Well, the reality of it is, is this: your local church probably does not have the same communication budget as Coca Cola. All right, sure. And so we have to we have to get smart and understand that if. We're trying to play the game the same way that large corporations are playing the game, especially your specific student ministry. You're going to lose every time. And so yeah. if you're trying to communicate in like seven different ways to your parents, then your line of communication is going to break down at some point 
or you're going to have to work like 30 times harder than you probably have to. Right. 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 Because there's so many people out there that you're putting out a flyer on Wednesday night and a different flyer on Sunday morning. And you have a billboard that you're posting stuff on in your, you know, youth room. And then you also have to put duplicate stuff in in your main lobby. And then you're going to post things in your um, mail that gets sent out to all your church. And then you have your own youth ministry newsletter that goes out and Twitter and social media. And at the end of that, you're just like, okay, that's cool. I I think I remember what my wife looks like, right? Or or oh no, I had to push the time back by thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you can't because you just sent it eleven different ways from Sunday, and that information is out there. And some kid's going to be half an hour early. <laughs> yeah, but I think if if your parents, if you can communicate v- very precisely, this is how I'm going to communicate to parents, right? Yeah. This is the way we work, yeah. Whether that's an email or whatever that may may be, and then your all your parents understand and know. Okay, this is where I go to get information on student ministry, and you're not posting one thing there and then another thing on your Facebook page and all that kind of thing. And I think as great as social media is at communicating small little things, we have to get away from that as being our primary communication. Um, transportation to specifically our parents, right? Yeah. Um, because if they're expecting to have to like be on your social media account all the time to know where their student needs to be and all that kind of thing, then I think it it presents yourself as this level of professionality that is probably a little bit lower than you want it to be. No, that's good. And I I would tell you, too, like that this is, I think, for a lot of folks, uh, there is a known quantity before them. I think for a lot of youth ministers, they imagine that they're sending these messages or tweets or posts out to this, like, huge audience. But if you were to really sit them down and say, who are you trying to reach? That number is probably between 18, 80, 90 people, right? Like, like this, this is not, like, you're not trying to reach... 20 somethings. You're not trying to reach, you know, people that shop for Pepsi that might also be interested in chips. You are trying to reach the roster of people that have been through your church doors. And that helps. Like you already are working at that advantage. Figure out from them, survey them, poll them, call them, or (laughs) be willing enough to figure out what has been working either in other areas. Uh, Maybe your children's minister is really good about sending out a newsletter, and so you keep that practice so they just know church-wide we always get newsletters. Or, you know, like maybe this is the – for these eight parents, they just need that phone call. They just need that text. And be willing enough to be flexible because you care more about reaching them than having a really glossy message, right? Like this is that moment where – all that matters is that they receive the communication. Like, who cares if your Facebook page has double the followers that it did from three months ago? Who cares if your Instagram posts get likes by bots that you don't even know who they are? Your goal is to communicate what needs to be known. And so whatever it takes to get that message out, do that. And that might even be certain levels of urgency, right? Like Instagram is fun and Twitter is cool and you have a Facebook page because you can splash pictures from camp or retreat or whatever. But if you are trying to reach parents with the message of what's happening, what's going on, what you're teaching, what it's about, 
then don't be afraid to do the extra little work to make that printed email newsletter available wherever. Again, you're not trying to reach every channel. You're trying to reach these people. And so don't try to inundate yourself with more channels than you need, but do what it takes to reach the roster of people you're trying to reach. It's not an unknown quantity. You know who you need to reach. Yeah, that's dude, that's some great advice cuz I've seen some like youth ministry like you know, Instagram accounts that are like specifically to their, you know, youth ministry. And and it'll be, you know, in a small town, a small church, and they'll have something like 15, you know, 100 followers or whatever like that, because you've like rustled the bushes, you know what I mean? Trying to like find people to follow you that aren't even a part of your ministry. And I think that, I I think if we get wise, like, man, how how much better could your like Instagram feed for your youth ministry work if it was just your students? Because then anytime that I'm not even talking about you posting on it, just looking at it, you kind of get this feed of just your students and what they're engaging with, what they're talking with, all of those kind of things. And you're not having to like, you know, scroll through like 1500, you know, other messages that are yeah. people that you don't even know. Just right. so let's be honest with ourselves. All right. This is an honest podcast. Um, we like looking at that number and it's saying 1500 or 2000 yeah. and Feels feeling good. like we've done something <laughs> or our ministry is bigger than maybe it is when maybe we need to worry less about our ministry being bigger and worry much more about ministering to the people that God has entrusted us with. Dude, communication is only good if it's if it if it reaches its recipient, right? Like communication that doesn't reach who you're delivering it to is ineffective. It's the same right. principle for your talks, right? Like this is not about, you know, verbal gymnastics or, you know, sleight of hand trickery or whatever. This is about getting the message to the people that need to hear it. And so don't, don't confuse uh, the size of your audience with the reach that you're trying to sustain, maintain, or have. Yeah. yeah, I, I would also, before we move on, I would point out, make sure that the content of what you're communicating hits the audience that it's intended for. That's good. Like, how you're how you're communicating to your parents and about an event that you're going to do over the summer should look drastically different than how you're communicating to your students about that exact same event. Um, and, and here's why, right? Like for students, they want to know: Are my friends going to be there? Will it be fun? <laughs> Is it going to be cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're wanting to know. And then you know we throw in like the spiritual aspect that we really want them to see. But man, I know that I've been guilty and I've seen other youth ministers be guilty that the same flyer that they're giving to the students is the exact same flyer that they're giving to the parents. And so a parent looks at that and it's like this, you know, goofy picture of a dog that we've ripped off, ripped off of like Google images with some funny quote or whatever. It's a meme that's whatever happened in this week. Yeah. Right. And it's like the time, date and price. And as a parent, you're looking at that. You have completely different felt needs that you want to know um, and and to be communicated to. And so you're looking at that and you're going, is my kid going to be safe at this? What time are they getting home? Like all those logistical things. I just see how much this costs and that's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. What does my money go to? All of those kind of things that are quote unquote adult questions that that you're going to get. And and I think that you can help yourself, 
Um, one, not only communicate better to your families, but you gain a level of respect in that, right? When that parent is not having to question, is my kid going to be safe? Man, am I am I searching basic details that I need to know? You know what I mean? Because if a parent's having to like figure out basic information before the event ever starts, they're not going to be as trustworthy of yep. you and wanting yep. to send their kid with you on a whim. And so you earn that respect. That's good. So if you've got parents that are maybe missing the message, make sure that you're not missing the mark of delivering effective communication, which is well-worded, well-stated things, hand-delivered to them. Chad, what are our other areas? That's for the parents that are missing the message. Who else are we trying to reach? So the, the next one, or maybe we, we feel that frustration because maybe we've got parents that are, you know, grumbling and are upset. Maybe something's happened. And so we feel like, oh, I need to communicate with, better with my parents because, man, <laughs> they just don't seem to like me right now. Right? right, right. And so there may be some of that that's going on. So what, what's some advice that you would give for somebody like that? Man, this is – so this is something I'm still learning. So I'm, I'm going to say this as the thing that I'm trying to do better so you can hold me to it for next year. I don't make myself available enough for parents to come talk to me. Mm. And so one of the things that we've, we've experimented with a little bit this year that I'm, I'm hoping to talk more about as we get into 2017 is to have some lunches or some like – call them standing meetings, call them town halls, whatever you want to call them – for parents just to know that they can come talk to me about stuff. Um, I don't want parents to feel like they can only come talk to me when things have gotten really bad. <laughs> like I would love for parents to just have that parent teacher conference moment or parent pastor conference moment of like, come by, see me. I'll be in the youth room Sunday from 12 to one or, you know, Wednesday from five to six. And if you've got questions, if you just want to hear more, uh, cause I think, some parents, especially parents that have some good kids, want to hear their kids doing a good job, that they seem to be adjusted, they seem to be you know, active in what's going on. Or if some parents have some maybe concern for their students, you can say things like, you know, he's, he's been good, he's a little disconnected. Is there anything going on at home that we can talk about? Because mm -hmm. those conversations are so much better than, hey— your son's been acting up, right. and we don't know if we can have him come back around for a while. Because you do, you care enough that you want that student to succeed, to connect, to grow. So create space for those medium emergency conversations. Right. <laughs> and so, and know that your office hours to reach those parents may not be the same office hours that you maintain to actually be in the office. So whether that's an hour early on midweek or an hour after church on Sunday, or maybe it's a random like, you know, depending on where you're at and kind of the context you're in, maybe Tuesday afternoon you're going to be at the Starbucks from 12 to 2 or you're going to be at the coffee shop during lunch. Just come by, and I'd love to talk about your kid. Like, mm. make yourself available. Go to them if necessary, but don't make it the, like, always wait until things are really, really bad that you have right. to hash things out. Because when those things maybe either get bad or potentially could be worse, you have enough relationship, trust, and context to begin yep. to, you know, talk about it like adults, right? Like, this is the, this is the I'm not wearing my ball cap and my T-shirt time. This is the, I'm, you know— I'm dressed a little nicer. I'm excited to talk to them. Let's have some adulting moments together. So yeah. I think I think making yourself available is the thing that I would offer as a really important thing. That like I say, again, I don't do it well yet, but this is the thing that I'm trying to grow in in the next year. Yeah, dude, that that's solid. And I would uh, piggyback on on that two ways. One, um, and you talk about making yourself available. 
um, I think making yourself available um, before there's ever that like incident yeah, is yeah. huge, right? Like if you've already had coffee with a parent and then something comes up with their kid, like it is so much easier to have that conversation when you already have that relationship with that parent. Um, and, and so then they're, it, you're not trying to do the introduction to the parent and then like, oh, and here's what your kid did tonight. Hi, right? I'm like, the youth pastor and uh, your student um, was, you know, we're going to have to call the police. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right, right. not a good transition for anyone. Not a great first conversation. Yeah, yeah. Not right. great. Not great. Uh, um, so the the other one you mentioned not having your ball cap on and your T-shirt and all that kind of stuff. Like as little uh, as that is, there are ways um, that we can carry ourselves that projects this level of professionalism sure. that is going to help us a lot. Um, because many of our adults, right, they don't live in the same world as we do, right? That's like, right. <laughs> their summers look drastically different than ours, right? They don't understand that Taco Bell actually has a rotating menu. And if you don't get in <laughs> on the Quesarito box menu now, you might miss out on that VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> But so I, I think it's important, like when we're when we're hitting these meetings and going to these meetings, like especially if we're meeting them during the workday, man, you may be meeting, um, you know, a guy that is, works a very professional job. If he's meeting you for coffee and he's in slacks and, you know, a button up and then you roll in there and flip flops and, and cargo shorts. shorts. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like immediately in this conversation the tone is already lost <laughs> and you've set yourself up to be someone not of authority in their child's life and definitely not in theirs yeah and so i'm not saying that it's like you know we've got to live up to this like worldly standard all i'm saying is um we can be respectful of the world that they're living in right um, we can meet them where they're at and that we can set ourselves up to succeed in some of those ways. And so I, I just think that that's good practice. It's something good to to remember when we have those kind of meetings and, and just um, kind of living at, at that level and that standard. Um, well, it's, it's the same thing that you shared about the communication piece, right? Like you need to make sure that the language, your body language is at the same level of communication as the message you're trying to send. Yeah. So. Hey, let's head to a break, and then when we come back, I want to just examine the final one that you had mentioned when you talked about how to how to connect with parents. <laughs> the missing parents, yeah. yeah. That are not part of your church, because I think that is a big piece that we probably all need to get better at. Calling all After 9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. We want to ask for your support. You can help make After 9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After 9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash After 9 to become a supporter. You can also visit www.after9ministry.com support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support. Hey, we're back after the break. Uh, this is After 9 with Zach Workin, my best friend. 
Chad Higgins. Talking about parent ministry today. Chad, you walked us through two different categories. Parents that are maybe missing the communications that you're so thoughtfully sending. And then ministering to parents that are maybe a little bit on the on the edge of wanting to know who is this person? Are they worthy to minister to my son or daughter? And all those different kinds of practices. But this last category I think is one that all of us struggle with because it feels like the impossible task. Like it, if there's ever like a conjuring or magic act to youth ministry, it is the ways in which parents sometimes just disappear from the life of their students when it comes to their involvement in the youth ministry. So Chad, help us out today. Give us some wisdom. Give us some practical tips advice, insight. How do we begin to minister, connect with, uh, grow our youth ministry to reach the parents of students that seem to be totally absent? The kids there every week, but I'm not really sure I could pick their mom, dad, grandparent, aunt, uncle, or guardian out of a crowd. What do I do? Where do I go? Well, I wish there was this like silver bullet answer that I could give you. Um, This is, I I don't think it's easy at all by any, like... (laughs) degree. Um, I think that there are probably some things that you can probably do to help. Um, uh, the first one would be get outside during pick up and drop off. Okay. Um, you're not going to hit every single one, especially your older students, but middle school students, you, they got to have somebody pick them up and drop them <laughs> off. And so, right. Um, right. If find if, out who that person is. <laughs> and so we, we've got to be mindful to free ourselves up, right? We can't be like doing final adjustments right before our service, right? When most of the students are, are getting uh, dropped Coming off. In, so yeah. we've got to be prepared for that to be outside. Um, but those are great times, right? And, and not just the like, hey, Jimmy, you know what I mean? But like engaging with those parents, getting to know them. Um, as get simple in front as of that names. car, talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> as simple as names, right? If we can get names and and start to remember those names, yeah, yeah. Um, man, it's gonna make a big deal. Um, I, I will say this, and and I know it's held me up in the past, and I think we've just got to get over it. Okay. It's a it's a pride thing. We've just got to get over it. I think I think far too many relationships are lost because of this. You'll have seen the parents once or twice, gotten their name, forgotten it, and so then you're just like, "Well, we're past, never talking to them again." <laughs> we're past the like point of me asking their name again, and so yep. now I'll just never know their name, or I'll have to like <laughs> find it on a camp form and then try to remember it. Right. Then. But that's right. going to be four T- months from Terry. Now. Tamara. All right. Got it. (laughs) You can only call the guy buddy for so long. You know what I mean? (laughs) Hey, Jimmy's dad. How are you? (laughs) It's Um, true. And it's so simple, but it's such a huge thing, right? Like this is, again, you don't have to know every parent in the world, but for the parents of the students you're trying to reach, especially that fringe group, that gap group that are not there every Sunday beating down the doors, that are serving as deacons, that are Sunday school teachers or whatever, like focus your energies on them. Like that is, I think, one of the things that a good youth pastor can do is help be that frontiers person to try to bring the fringe in. But the thing that I would add, Chad, is like this is the task. Other than leading small groups and loving students, this is the reason you want to have multi-generational leaders as part of your youth ministry because nobody can reach other parents better than the parents that are already hooked on your ministry and involved in your ministry, especially, especially if you are a young minister. If you are 30 and under, 
please, this week, go champion a guy and girl leader that are older than you, that are maybe parents, and put them on the duty of connecting with parents of students that are on the fringe because their validation of you will make you look like this most responsible, wonderful leader that if you're 23, 24, 29, whatever, this is, this truly is the secret to a kind of like mature grown up success, right? Like don't wait around till you're 40 and you're like, well, I'm a parent myself, but connect with folks that will help because they love you. They're there for you every week. And so their energy focused towards Jimmy's dad will right. help Jimmy's dad see that you are worth having around as the youth minister of young people. Absolutely. And and I would say this, if you're in a smaller town, those people that you're talking about probably already know the parents that you're trying to reach. Absolutely. Right? Because if, if Jimmy's dad, right, and Jimmy's a sophomore, and you have another leader who has a sophomore kid. Yep then they know that parent, right? Like they've seen them growing up and all that kind of stuff. At and the so, ball field, at parent-teacher conferences, they, they've been around, they know, and so they can begin to give you insight, help, and then also validation as the minister to young people. Dude, yeah, that's so, so good. Um, and other than that, I think that you have to be strategic. I think that everybody's, you know, culture and context is going to be different. And so for us to come up with a, a, an event that's going to work for you, it's not. Like there's going to be times where, you know, doing, you know, events that are students and parents work really great. There's going to be times where it feels like it falls flat on its face, you know, reaching out to different camp meetings, things like that. You're going to have some parents come, some not, but always be intentional in, in, in those times and create space in those times to get to know those parents, right? If you're going to have a mandatory meeting for all of the parents to come before camp, Schedule out some time in there to where you can really start to get to know some parents, connect parents with one another, man, get strategic. Here's a great idea at that next like mandatory parent meeting that you have for kids going to camp, create small groups of families that are connected into your church that you're going to have a specific prayer time for your students at the end of that meeting and have those specific parents meet them. Right. And so they can connect with those group because I'm sure that you've even got like adult small group leaders in your church that would love to attend those kind of things and connect with some new people, try to get them plugged into their small group. That's just smart ministry. And it goes past the point of, Oh, it's this last minute thing. I've got to like come up with a packing list for these kids to come to camp. And so that takes some thought, but it's so, so worth it. That is, man. No, that's good. And again, that is the blessing of making the most out of the time. Like, we're not asking you to do a lot more than you're doing. What we're asking, inviting you into is to make the most of what you're doing um, with thought, with inclination, with invitation for parents to be a part of the youth ministry, the ministering to young people, because you pouring into parents, pouring into your students is so much more and so much <laughs> so much more to give and so much more maybe in many ways effective than what just you can give in a few hours a week. So do not miss out. Do not neglect these opportunities to make the most of what you're already doing viable and healthy and growing for the parents of the young people that you love so dearly. 
Absolutely. Dude, I, Zach, I've enjoyed this episode so much because in, in my mind, in my heart, like this is ministry. Like the talks that we're having here is ministry at its core. And to be very honest, I, I know it's exactly why you and I have worked so hard um, and are so excited for the launch of Youth Ministry Booster because we believe that the things that we have in there um, are hopefully created and made to free you up to do the things that we're talking about today even better. And so, man, your time is so much more valuable than trying to think up a new game every single week or trying to, you know, design some graphic design thing that you're going to have on the screen behind you. And so um, we're excited for the launch of Youth Ministry Booster. I think it'll be next Monday. And so uh, please check that out. And we are excited. Thank you so much for listening to After 9. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after9ministry.com to share your story.